I want to thank Research FDI for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call with them so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion worth of projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about Research FDI. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic developers. Call them at 514-488-3168 and see how Research FDI can help you create real prospects. Hello, this is Chad Chancellor with Next Move Group. Before we begin today's podcast, if you've been enjoying our podcast series, Please go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. That'll sure help us out. We'd appreciate it a whole lot. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast. This is your host, CEO, Chuck Sexton. I am joined today by Brandy Ledette, a good friend of mine that I had the pleasure of meeting at OUEDI, University of Oklahoma's <laughs> Economic Development Institute. And I have to say, you know, that's one of the great things about doing that program, uh, as well as going to, to things like SEDC's annual conferences. You make friends for life. And I seem to have made quite a few in the great state of Louisiana. Brandy is Associate Director of uh, Business Retention and Expansion for uh, the state of Louisiana's economic development. Thank you for joining me, Brandy. Thank you, Chuck. Uh, so great to jump in on you this morning and hearing your voice. It's been a while, um, so I'm excited to be here. Well, it has been, it seems, well, you know, COVID kind of shut the world down. And then I feel like here we are, you know, almost at 2023 and things are still kind of just getting back to some normalcy. I don't know what you're seeing in Louisiana, but it just feels like, we're just now getting to where we can see people and conferences are back opened up again, it seems like, and and we can actually get connected. Yeah, and in our area, the region that I cover um, within the state of Louisiana, which is the Acadiana region, um, comprised of uh, nine parishes, COVID with us was a, was a little different. Um, it, it really didn't seem to stop in terms of my area. Um, my companies were very open to visiting um, one-on-one um, face-to-face meetings. Other areas had different takes on on how those things would be handled. But I know in my area, it was refreshing that it wasn't that much of a slowdown in terms of what I do because the companies were very open and COVID was kind of, you know, taken in, 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 a, different, in a different way than most areas had been. Did, did you all have sort of a, a full force response as a state, you know, helping the existing industry through that time? Yes, we did. We, we were um, opened up hotlines. We actually manned the hotlines, mess, uh, managed the, uh, the, the talking portals 
via online. Um, we also had to have enough touch points per month with certain companies just to make sure that, um, you know, they had whatever they needed from a PP point or um, just from a resource standpoint that we were uh, readily available to them. Yeah. Have you all seen uh, growth sort of start to occur uh, post-COVID? You know, I know a lot of states have seen that the last, say, 12 to 18 months. What, what have you been seeing in your region? Absolutely, yes. It's, 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 it's starting to pick up. It seems to be now um, a thing of the past. I know a lot of my companies are looking to hire. Um, workforce challenges seem to be the biggest issue um, based off of, you know, COVID and, and folks were staying at home and receiving, you know, uh, assistance. And so uh, quality workforce right now is a challenge in terms of hiring, but um, through the multiple companies we've met with uh, different industry sectors, they're all in need of people, which means they are growing, which is a good thing. So, What are some of the major industries that, uh, that are in your region there in those parishes? We, uh, aviation is a big one, um, healthcare, um, manufacturing, those what? are the top three, all in gas, you know, yeah. volatile industry. It was our, our dominant, but we diversified our, our platform, seeing what all in gas, uh, volatility has done to the state in the past. And so we're more diversified in terms of major industries now than we were before. That's a good thing. It's a very good thing for any region to try to make sure that they diversify. Um, what are you, you'd mentioned workforce has been a big challenge. What are there other issues that you're seeing out there that are challenges? I mean, workforce is an issue in a lot of places, but I'm kind of curious what other maybe major concerns of your business community you're seeing. Uh, yeah, like you said, workforce challenges, it is pretty much everywhere. Um, I don't think it's uh, unique to just one particular area. Uh, other challenges, that we were hearing was supply chain, but those have seemingly been starting to fix themselves. Um, you know, can't move product, wait, you know, waiting just on, you know, certain pieces of, of equipment, um, you know, supply chain with the freight uh, cost was extremely high. And, you know, if, if you were importing from countries outside the United States, that supply chain uh, did become an issue um, for for a lot of my manufacturing companies, but as of late, they said that they've seen they've seen it to be improving. That's a good thing. I know, uh, you know, in the automotive corridor, especially with chips and issues there. And of course, there's been a lot of growth and a lot of announcements regarding semiconductor plants and um, getting all of these supplies back into the United States. Have you seen that in Louisiana as a whole, not necessarily just your region? Have you seen some of those announcements in that regard? Yes, I've seen them. Um, I've seen them throughout the state, so it's it's uh it's starting to come around. It's definitely starting to come around. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind, maybe give a little background about your career. You know, you haven't always been with the state of Louisiana. What kind of brought you into economic development and and gave you the passion for it? Yes. So, um, just came back from Okinawa, Japan, where I had received uh, my master's degree in international relations. And really not quite sure what I was going to do with that, um, you know, just based off based off of you know the state I was living in, um, as opposed to you know a Virginia or a Washington, which you know you could find multiple roles to use that that particular degree. Um, and uh, I just started combing through um, you know workforce commission site 
and that stumbled upon um, St. Landry Economic Development, which is a local economic development organization, um, and saw skill sets required, looked like it was something that I could match my skill sets with. And I actually would interview for a marketing position. It really wasn't any true economic development piece. And um, I was able to get on um, in that role. And throughout the years, transfers in jobs in the office moved me to the economic development specialist position, um, which is where I began taking the OUDI courses where we met, of course. And um, through that, just learned how to wear many, many hats from the local level. Um, you're not just um, thought out just to do one specific uh, role, role in your job. You, you wear many hats from small business to, um, you know, infrastructure issues to being basically a chamber uh, in, in terms of, of that. So um, I just fell in love with just the refreshing end result of actually helping someone helping people and you could see the actual tangible end result be it through job creation be it um you know through um expansions of companies and so um i just really fell in love with everything about it and after roughly five years i received a call from the state um actually if i'd be interested in a role there in a business expansion retention um which is where i've been for um roughly three years now and so um I have the not, you know, the Cayenne region, uh, also Assumption Parish, um, cover cover quite a bit of territory, um, but wouldn't want to do do anything else. <laughs> what do you uh, foresee in your future career? What do you have any personal goals you want to um, achieve as you go forward? Well, I'll be taking my CCD um, this coming spring, and so. I have been putting that off and putting that off. I just, you know, I'm going to have to study again. You have to study again. Right. It's always in my mind. But um, once I secure that in the spring, um, I'll, I'll be looking at, you know, next steps of, of what uh, opportunities uh, come with, with holding that certification. Yeah. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. I want to thank LocationOne.com. Some of you know it as Lois for sponsoring today's podcast. In my opinion, Lois is the best buildings and sites database on the market. One of the reasons I think that is it gives you nationwide exposure. So I used to be the economic developer in Paducah, Kentucky, and I made a terrible mistake. I only put my buildings and sites on the Kentucky Economic Development Buildings and Sites database. Well, Paducah bordered Illinois and was within 30 or so miles of Missouri, Indiana, and Tennessee. So what sense did it make for me to not put my bills and sites on a nationwide database? Well, Lois does that for you. Looking back, I should have put my bills and sites on Lois. It's also easy to use for an economic developer. It's just like using Facebook. It walks you through how to insert your pictures and your information and so forth. And the thing I like most it works well on my iPad. If I'm in an industrial building, I want to be able to look at that thing on my iPad. Lois does that for me. Other buildings and sites databases struggle with that. So if you got 10 or 15 minutes to spare, go over to location1.com, book yourself a demo, and see if this can help your community have more success. You know, we had a fun group at OUEDI. It's funny, I got to connect with Chandra again not too long ago. 
And uh, that actually made me start thinking, you mm-hmm. know, I need to reach out to some of my friends from UEDI and see how they're doing. I need <laughs> yeah, to have some absolutely. of them on the podcast. And um, I, I just, I miss it. I almost wish that they did an alumni event. Maybe they do, and I just don't know about it. But I feel like that would be a fun thing for us to do. Right. I mean, yeah, that that was some of the best weeks. <laughs> we, we had a good time, and we learned a lot, too. And just connecting and the networking. And, you know, I know our group, all of us in some capacity still um, stay in touch with each other. So that just goes to show the strength of uh, of that program and bonds people people have made. Well, I gave up Fireball after after those weeks. I, I just can't do that one anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a, that was Scarlet. Scarlet was pushing <laughs> it on all of us. <laughs> Maybe we yes, should say she names. Was, she was. <laughs> Um, so in your career so far, is, do you have any crazy stories, anything that's kind of just been like out there that you've had to deal with in your economic development career? I know for some people they have, and some people they just haven't had to come across something like that, but have you ever been a crazy project or, or any kind of thing that you've worked on that, uh, maybe made you really proud to work on it, but there could be something that was just kind of out there that you, you didn't know how to deal with at first. It's always the projects that come along that, you know, you know, are too good to be true and just, you know, they're pulling things out of the sky. I mean, they're coming with a tire manufacturing company to help reduce carbon emissions. And, you know, they're going to have, you know, this graveyard of shredded tire and, you know, um, it's those projects and, you know, 50 million CapEx are going to create 900 jobs in three years, but, you have to play along and you have to continue to serve the company and, you know, until they've exhausted their resources on their end, knowing that, you know, the book kind of stops there, but it's, you know, weird requests, um, you know, from the community as well. And then you, you do, you do your due diligence on the company and they've applied for the same project around multiple parts of the country. So it's those things that kind of, I'm like, Whoa, like, you know, people really have that much time. To waste other time, you know, for what, what, what is the end goal? But it's things like that that you know, you know, sometimes they scratch my head. But yeah, it's one of those things I don't think we talk about. You learn, you learn from those situations as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and it's something I don't think we talk about enough, even at conferences, and talk about you know the pitfalls or you know the things that we have to do to try to protect communities from those types of projects. And that uh, you know, it's we we work the project. Uh, we have to be careful with those uh, types of uh, companies. Uh, I had the talk in uh, Texas uh, two weeks ago. And, you know, I, one of the pieces of advice I gave was, look, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of semiconductor uh, large companies who are, who are uh, doing projects right now that you know, they're going to be making chips and those sorts of things. And one of the things I think people need to be careful of is, well, the fly-by-nights, the startups, the startup semiconductor companies that are trying to utilize um, the federal incentives to get their company started. And, you know, I'm not saying that somebody's doing anything nefarious, but at the same time, you know, if they don't have the capital to do what they're saying they're going to do, you have to be really, really careful of those things. And I compared it to to the coal to liquid fuel projects that were out there 10 years ago, post uh, the 08 recession. And how, you know, I, as far as I know, none of those projects ever came to fruition, but I do know that they were going from town to town looking for handouts, grants, and a lot of it was floating their company while they try to do capital raises. And that's the thing that I think communities have to be really, really leery of. And it's the ones who are really hungry for jobs 
uh, and growth that typically are the ones that get taken advantage of the most. Yep. So, um, yep. as, uh, as, as we get, get to wrapping up here on the podcast, um, I wanted to make sure that, you know, uh, that bourbon is something I'm, I'm happy to give recommendations on <laughs> today, these days. <laughs> um, I talk about it in every podcast and, uh, Matter of fact, uh, I, I'm always out there hunting. That's the one good thing about travel is uh, you get to hunt bourbons. But um, uh, I want to make sure, is is there any, have you ever really enjoyed bourbon? Is that something you've ever partake, partaken in, I guess? Oh, I'm sure I have. I just don't remember. <laughs> well, we talked um, about Fireball earlier. And Fireball is actually made by Buffalo Trace Distillery in Kentucky. And oh, one of the, really? Yes. And one of the interesting things I found out I was I was at dinner last night and a guy ordered a old fashioned with Buffalo Trace. Well, they make it, and Buffalo Trace has all these allocations, and everybody's trying to hunt all the time. And uh, what's funny is is a lot of the liquor stores out there, the ones that sell a lot of Fireball, they get more allocations of the good bourbons. <laughs> It's like a, it's like a loss leader almost. Oh. It's like, okay, you sell not actually not a loss leader. So you sell right. like fireball. We're going to give you some allocations food. or some good stuff. <laughs> so there's a little tip. If you see a liquor right. store that sells a lot of fireball, that's one to watch for the, the good bourbon allocation. <laughs> the hard to find. I do the one across the street. <laughs> awesome. So we're we're getting hit up uh, for conference speaking events uh, in 2023 already. Do you have any conferences you you know you're going to make sure and go to this year? Uh, not really. I'm focusing on that certification. That's you know a dedicated two two hours a day to study for that, and so that's my main focus right now is is testing yeah. and you know passing on the first 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 go around. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a difficult thing to accomplish. Um, and some people do it. And, and I, if anybody can, I know you can. Um, and, and I wish you the best in, in preparing for the CXD and, uh, you know, keep me updated on, on how that's going. And, uh, certainly if there's anything we can ever do, it seems like, seems like our firm always has something going on in Louisiana, but absolutely reach out to us if we can ever be of help to you. Well, I thank you for that. And thank you for, uh, sitting in with you this morning, Chuck. I enjoyed it. All right. Thanks, Brandy. Appreciate it. We'll see you next time on the next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast.